once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. Today, we are here with music journalist Chad Bauer, one of my co-workers, but also works for a lot of different publications. Um, but first, I do just want to say thank you, Chad, for joining us today. We're happy to have you on the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah. And so for people who may not be familiar with you and what you do or, you know, the different places you write for, do you want to give just like a brief breakdown of of who is Chad? <laughs> well, currently my main, uh, the place I write for the most is Heavy Music Headquarters. I also contribute to Metal Injection, as you know. I do some stuff for Loudwire, but those are the those are the those are the main ones at the moment. Mm -hmm. And Curtis, you seem to have follow up face going on. I do. Um, so, but you've been doing this for a long, long time, right? Like you used like you've been around as a journalist slash blogger for at least 10, 12 years or something, maybe even longer. Yeah, actually, more like twenty. Yeah, okay. I got I got yeah I got started in the late nineties for a site that doesn't exist anymore and did some writing for a lot of sites and uh, print magazines that unfortunately don't exist anymore. <laughs> yep. And then I, I was uh, the heavy metal editor for about.com for about 11 years or so. And yep. then heavy music uh, headquarters has been going for almost exactly five years now. And cool. yeah, so it's, there's, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the bad thing about the, you know, the world of print journalism is there's so many metal magazines from the 90s and 2000s that that aren't here anymore so how does one start in metal journalism because okay so if you've been doing it for like you said as long as you have how did you kind of get into actually starting to write well i just applied for uh, the site at the time they were looking for writers and i said hey i like music i would like to write about music and so yeah you know submitted like a sample article and you know they accepted me and i was basically kind of on my own for content and kind of learned you know how to contact you know the record labels and pr people and kind of got started from there and uh so over the years now of course i've uh you know am you know have contacts with all of those labels and and pr people but you know at the beginning it was a little bit difficult but after you know a couple of years you kind of get your name known and People start sending you stuff. You know, back then, every day you'd go to the mailbox and there was an envelope or a package full of actual CDs for review yeah. instead of just the emails with, uh, you know, with the promo links. But yeah, so definitely a lot has changed in 20 some years that I've been doing this. Was the first site, was that about that you're referring to that you started with? Or no, it was called sweet101.com. Okay, don't know that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it hasn't been around for a while. Okay, so now... How does one go from being the writer? Like you were, what was your, I think your title at about for heavy metal, you were like that you weren't the editor in chief, but it was some sort of title. Like you were in charge of it, right? Yes. I was in charge of, yeah. Cause they had like hundreds of different sites and I was just in charge of the, the heavy metal sites yeah. there. What, what was the actual title called? I forgot. I think it was called guide, like the guide, guide to heavy metal. I think that's what it was. Yeah. 
So how does one go from being a writer to being the in charge of, because I mean, about was a pretty big network of sites, right? So sure, how absolutely. You, how did you, how did you get, go from being a writer to being the guy in charge? Well, that was once again, an application process where, you know, you had to go through and, and apply and uh, there was like a whole, you know, process of, you know, writing sample articles and, you know, showing what you'd done in the past. And, um, I was selected for that. And yeah, that's basically how that worked. That's, that's pretty cut and dry. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. You, you just kind of sit there and wait and said, yeah, I, they hope they choose me and they did. And, you know, lasted for 11 years. And so, yeah, it was, it was a great, great place to work. So before I give it over to Corey for the next question, one last part I want to ask about that. So you went from, so about shut down and then you, then you started heavy music headquarters. Um, how, how has it kind of like the shift been from being like at about to being heavy music headquarters? Cause it seems like you kind of have the style kind of similar, like to the form, like yeah. how, but did you really feel like you changed anything or you just kind of was, were like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I mean, there were, it wasn't a lot of major changes of a lot of the guys that were writing, uh, you know, came along as well. And, yep. you know, I, of course I have, now I have, you know, hundred percent, you know, creative freedom of what I want to do, but for the, for the most part, it's pretty similar to what it was then I would say. Yeah, I would figure so. Uh, Corey, you want to, you want to do the next one? Oh yeah, definitely. Cause this is like one of my favorite things to talk about. And I'm sure in the, you know, 20 years that you've been writing, you've seen some horrendous examples of pitching um, and, you know, people reaching out to you for coverage and so what kind of things should people avoid doing or what are some of the worst examples of pitches that you've gotten, you know, either recently or just the ones that are super memorable? Uh, from, from bands and, you know, from bands to, to be covered. Bands, it, it, either one. Yeah, the, the ones that, um, that are difficult are the ones that say, oh, we were, I'm trying to remember, it wasn't too long ago. Yeah, we released our album two years ago. Can you review oh. it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, so you get some stuff. Yeah, and they, so that's, you know, that's one thing that, that with websites, I mean, obviously print journalism, you know, they have months and months of lead time, but, you know, for even for websites for us, you know, we are, you know, working, you know, weeks and a, a couple of months ahead of time. So, you know, if you submit something that says, you know, oh, we're releasing our album this week, or we released it last week, you know, our coverage is already planned, you know, so it's, it's difficult. So that's, that's kind of the, the things when the, the timing of things, when people, you know, pitch things, when things are already set, so it's difficult, so you can't cover them. So that's, that's kind of a, a frustrating thing because it's like oh man that's what that that would have been a great band to cover but unfortunately we don't have the bandwidth to do that but bandwidth so that's one yeah um, sorry I got, I, I got a follow up on that um so what would you say would be the proper amount of time for a band pr or whatever to submit to you ahead of time well i would say at least a, a couple of months let let people know that the album is coming you know does the promo doesn't necessarily have to be sent that far but as long as we know that something is being released we can kind of plan things and and then you know if you send the, the promo you know a few weeks before the release or whatever that's certainly fine but i would say a couple of months lead time is optimal just because 
and there's so many, you know, you know, when I started, you know, every week, maybe there was like, you know, what, 15, 20 heavy music releases. And now there's 60, 80, hundred every single week. So yeah. there's a lot of competition out there. And so you want to make sure that you're out in front of the, the decision makers as, you know, as early as possible. And, you know, sometimes you get, you know, like six months in advance, say, hey, our new album is coming out, you know, in November or whatever. So that's, that's always helpful as well. But it doesn't need to be that much lead time. I would say a couple of months is, is, is good. So how do you kind of assign the albums? Do the writers pick or I'm, I'm assuming you assign, right? Correct. Yeah, they, they, re, they request them. Okay. And then I assign them. And there are some writers that like are say that are willing to review stuff. They say, hey, just, you know, pick a couple for me and so that's could they've kind of maybe get out of their comfort zone and review a style or a genre of band that they maybe wouldn't have so that's mm -hmm. so there's kind of a nice mix of that as well there okay uh Corey did you have any follow-up on that because I got another question about pitching but I just wanted to check before I go on so other than lead time what do you think is the most common mistake that people should stop making I know what mine mine is but I'm curious what yours is um well, you, they need to be kind of clear what it is. Um, you know, a very literary bio is fun to read, but if it doesn't tell me you know, who the band is, you know, mm -hmm. what, what genre you are, because, uh, you know, upon first glance, you're not going to probably, when you get, you know, dozens of emails a day, you're not going to be able to instantly listen to that, you know, to the link or to whatever they send you. So you need to make it clear in the press materials you know, who you are and, you know, kind of the style of music you play. Because I get, you know, because I've been on, I'm on so many mailing lists, I get a lot of stuff from genres that aren't, you know, heavy metal or hard rock. And I need to be able to kind of, you know, if I look at this at, at, a, at a pitch and I don't have any idea, you know, what it, what it is, it's going to be difficult. I mean, I'm probably just going to just delete it because I've got so many other things to, to go through. And I think for me, it's like the attention to detail, because I don't know if you see this a lot, but I get a number of bands because I, te I tend to cover the small guys because Greg is, he's covering all the big mm -hmm. dudes. So I'm, I'm fortunate to cover the underground, but I get a lot of ones where they're missing the links or right. they're, yeah, they're missing the YouTube link or they don't have their quote or they don't have their embed. And it's like, they're missing all of these pieces. And so, yeah, it's definitely the attention to detail for me that is the the one that'll kill a band's pitch a lot faster than anything else. And it's not just bands that do it, but PRs do it too. Um, but when you're being pitched, how how much detail do you like when you're um, when you're getting your pitch? Because I love it when a band sends me everything I could possibly need to feature their track. You know, a, a brief bio. Mm -hmm. Here's a link to the image. Here's a link to the song here's my quote. And I, because half the time I'll write about somebody and I won't tell them that I'm writing about them. I just get it done. I've done that to Curtis a bunch of times. I've done that to a lot of people. But what kind of like, what info do you think is enough info or too much info? And do you like to follow up with people when you're, you know, working on a piece for them? Well, I think that the info you just mentioned is good. Um, especially with newer bands you should probably have more detail because if you know if a band has released eight albums you pretty much know know them and know their story it's just kind of what is new about this particular release but a more you know general background story of newer bands is is definitely helpful 
Um, and we do a, a weekly feature called Meet the Band that's designed specifically for up and coming artists, you know, that are, are on their first release or maybe second release. And so that's that's something we go out of our way to try to do is spotlight those those new bands so they can kind of get attention and you know get people's eyes and ears on their music as well. Um, how do you pick those bands though? The uh, meet the band ones because um, I, I know it's usually like you said the underground ones, but is there like a process you kind of go through to go like I want this band? Well, the other, uh, another, th with the details, it's very helpful in the press materials if you say, this is our debut album, because sometimes it is and not mentioned. Yeah. And so, you know, I keep, you know, when I go, as I catalog all the new releases that are coming in each month, I, there's, I actually have, you know, a special indicator for bands that are, that it's their debut. And so then yeah. I kind of go look ahead and see who's got the debuts and, and you know which weeks they fall on, and it's and kind of um, to try to decide which ones to cover. And uh, sometimes, you know, if they have a, a compelling story, you know, that makes it, you know, it kind of draws your attention and probably makes you more likely, makes me like more likely to want to feature them. And um, but yeah, it, it kind of varies. But I think that that definitely is a, a leg up if you have in in your biographical information if there's something you have a hook or something that's like, oh, that's interesting. We should. We should cover those guys. Define what you mean. Well, go ahead, Corey. Oh, no, I just had a follow up on like the, the meet the band thing. Is that something that you do prior to the band releasing their album or is it something they can hit you up for like anytime or do you mo mostly just feature like reviews and things prior to album release? Well, it's a, it's an email interview and we uh, we publish it the day after the album we publish it on saturday so it's for the for the albums that it would have come out that that day before on the friday okay cool yeah um, and so that way it's already out there people can can stream it on the streaming services or they can you know go buy it so it's, we want to make sure that it's already available so people can can find it when, when we're featuring them oh cool um yeah so just just as an aside um now let's, have you ever done a meet the band that for a band that's on their debut later afterwards, after the albums come out, or is it always just going to be like within the week? Oh no, it's happened before that way. If yeah, it, it just, you know, varies and maybe they've got, maybe they're on a big tour or something like that where, so there, there are definitely, you know, it's not a hundred percent that it's the day after release, but the majority certainly is. Cool. Okay. And next up. So just for pitching, what is the worst pitch that you feel you've ever received without naming names? The worst. I've well, I I, I don't worst. know if it's the worst, but one I, one one that remind that I it was like a one sentence. It said, "Here's my music," and there's like a link. That was it. <laughs> I've gotten those. I've gotten a bunch of those. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Did, did you no, review it? No details on on what, what? No. No. Yeah. That. I had yeah. Because 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 I've got, you know, because I when I'm going through there i need to know you know is this coming out is it already out and if you don't you know supply that information you know it's not likely that there's going to be a lot of clicking on that you know did, did you click through it though i'm curious what it was did, did you actually look i did not i did not <laughs> doesn't work people do not do this um okay so other yes. than that what would be another example of a bad pitch you've received um i'm trying to think 
Um, I would I would say that there's the what I've, over the years it seems like bands that are doing their own as opposed to you know, hiring you or on a label they've gotten a lot better over the years at at doing that they've you know they get a lot of the information out there like Corey said they include all their their links and information yep. and stuff like that so I I don't you know so I don't necessarily get a lot of you know horrible pitches it's the quality is actually probably the best it's been which is which is kind of nice that's good. Okay, so Corey, do you have any more question on pitching before we move on to the next one? Oh, no, I'm good on my end. Okay, so next thing we're going to ask about is how do you find writers for Heavy Music Headquarters? That's based, a lot of them have been with me for 10 years or more from, you know, back in the about.com days. And uh, a lot of them, people just email and say, hey, I'm interested and say, sure, send me some stuff. And so it's been kind of kind of organic and it always seems like, you know, when, when one leaves, it's like I, I, would, I get an email and somebody wants to join. So it's, you know, so it's, we've kind of had that been a pretty stable number over the years. So it's, yeah, so it's, um, you know, and because, you know, there's a, especially these days, you know, there's a lot of, lot of sites out there. And so there's a ton of metal writers. So, you know, it's uh, people that are looking for a place to write. There's certainly no, no shortage of places. For sure. Now, is the so, so like, do you get them to send a sample review? I take it as being as part of the process. Absolutely. If they've you know written for, you know, generally that they've written for other places before, and so they just you know send a link. Here's some of the stuff I wrote, or maybe okay. I have my own blog, and here's some some links to that. And you know, or there's over the years, there's been a, a couple of that have you know are brand new, and I say, well, here just you know just review an album and and send it in, and you know we'll go from there. Cool. Um, and then how, how do I want to phrase this? How many of the writers usually stick for longer than like a, a few months? Is it, is it a high churn rate? I mean, yours are usually, you said you've had a lot that have been there, but on average, is it a high churn rate? Not at all. I mean, we've had, yeah, I, you know, maybe over the past few years, there's only been maybe a two or three that, that have left. And cool. so, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been pretty stable. Cool. And then how many hours per week do you, would you say that you actually have to put into running a metal website like you do? Boy, because I have, you know, a, a, a full-time job as well. Yep. And so it's kind of the, the off hours. So it, it depends on the day of the week. And so, you know, at least, at least a couple hours a day and probably, probably more on weekends. So like 20, 25 hours a week on top of the day job. I would say so. Yep. Yep. Okay. Sure. Especially certain. Yeah. Cool. Um, Corey, you want to ask about the interview tips as the next one? Um, yeah. So let's see here. Kind of, um, I was so when a band, um, is answering an interview. Cause you mentioned you do email interviews. So I'm going to start with those, the written interviews before I go into in-person ones. Um, mm -hmm. How long is too long of an answer and how short is too short of an answer? What kind of a length and like how much detail are you looking for in your written interviews? Because I have definitely fought with some bands who've, you know, turned in a one word answer to their interviews and saying, yeah. no, they need to be short. No, they need to be longer. So what is the preferred in your, your viewpoint? Yeah, I don't think there is too long on the, on the web, especially because, you know, all you do is keep scrolling. It's not, you know taking up pages in a magazine or anything but 
I, if, if the answer is shorter than the question, that's, it's probably too short of an answer. <laughs> I love that. If the answer is <laughs> the answer's shorter than the question. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. So how do you, mm -hmm. go ahead. Go ahead, Curtis. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, I was going to ask him like, so what do you do if you get that back? The one question answers. Well, it's, it's gotten better over the years. So you, you, um, sometimes I've kicked it back to the, to the record rep or PR rep said, hey, this isn't, you know, we need, we need more, more detailed answers, you know, okay. cause it, you know, if there's, you know, 15 questions and it's 200 words, that's just, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't really serve anybody's purpose. It's not going to, the reader's not going to learn more about the band. And so it's, yeah, so that's, at least, at least try that and see if, you know, they'll at least, you know, lengthen a couple, some of the answers. Cool. What do you do? Corey? I haven't had that happen. In, I haven't had that happen in quite a while. No. Corey, what do you do when that happens out of curiosity? When I get an interview that's too short? Yeah, it's like. I, yeah. I tell them to redo it. What? <laughs> I tell them to redo it. Fair. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair. Um, I just, I, I mean, I'm straight with them. That it's like, this is just too short. There's, there's no substance here. Fair. Okay, fair and enough. It's not going to do the, it, like, and publishing something like that isn't going to do the band any justice yep. at all. It's only going to actually end up hurting the band versus posting nothing or giving them a chance to redo it. So it's like, I, I give them a chance to redo yep. it. If they push back, then, I mean, and I just don't print it. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of the same way. Like, if I get one word answers continuously, I'll just stop sending them interviews and I just... I don't even forward them anymore. I, if I'll first have a talk with the band, it'll be like, you know, you have to flush it out a bit, but if they can't, there's no point. There's just really no point. Um, Corey, you were going to ask them about in-person interviews or recorded. Yeah. Do you do a ton of in-person or recorded interviews or do you stick mostly to uh, written? So before I ask any questions, I want to make sure it's something you do. <laughs> oh no, we definitely, uh, yeah, I, I, I actually did one on a phone. Actually it was a zoom interview yesterday. So I do, you know, phone, Zoom, Skype interviews. And it's been a long time since, obviously, since in-person interviews, but I've done, you know, dozens of those or more over the years at festivals and, and, and you know, shows and things like that. So, yeah, so definitely in-person and phone. Do you well. feel like it's a lot harder to connect now with people since they're mostly over Zoom? Or do you feel like, you know, with the, mo the way the modern world works, everybody's just kind of used to it? Yeah, I think that I think the Zoom is nice where you can still have the eye contact. It's a little bit mm -hmm. more you can build that connection more than just a phone call. Of course, in person is is the best, but you know that's not possible a lot of the time. And a lot of the bands that you work with, and I know this is the case with you know me talking to a lot of bands from all over the world. Uh, yeah. Do you have any tips for people like? getting more comfortable either the band getting more comfortable with their english or the interviewer getting more comfortable dealing with the heavy accents because i know a lot of people struggle with that when they're doing interviews and it's you know you're scared you're not going to be able to understand them or that they're not going to be able to understand you so what are some tips for people who are in journalism or for bands to kind of get past that or things they can do to practice yeah well it's just just having patience and you know listen closely and don't be afraid to ask them to clarify it's like so you said, you know, mm -hmm. this and this, this, is that correct? Yes. Just to make sure that you, you're understanding what they're saying. And, you know, it might take a little longer to do the interview, but, you know, it's, especially if you're going to be transcribing it for, you know, for later, that it doesn't, doesn't really matter if you're doing that. You just want to make sure that you get uh, what they're trying to get across. 
Oh, oh. Um, transcribing. Transcribing. Um, how do you kind of, like, okay, how do I want to put this? Why do you bother to do the whole transcription thing if you're doing a Zoom Zoom call? Like, why wouldn't you just post the interview online instead out of curiosity? I would hate transcribing. Fucking hate it. Yeah, transcribing is, is definitely the worst the worst part of it. And the nice thing is there are now services. I mean, you could always get, you know, transcription services that would transcribe it exactly. And but that's, you know, fair, can be fairly expensive. But now there's like AI ones where it's, you know, just pennies a minute and it generates the transcript and you still have to go back and, and do a lot of it because it's not near 100% accurate. But that, that at least you've got kind of kind of a template to do that. But yeah, I've we've never posted video interviews and I'm not even sure why, I guess that's uh, probably wouldn't be a bad idea, but yeah. So the transcribing is still the, the way I do it. There's your, there's your million dollar idea, Chad. Um, Thank you, Curtis. You're welcome. <laughs> um, what, what else did we want to ask him about interviews, Corey? I'm good on my end. I mean, um, the language thing and the English thing, I mean, it's something pretty unique to metal in that we're so spread out all over the world. So one thing I do want to recommend to bands is if you have somebody, because most of your interviews are going to end up being in English, regardless yep. of what country they're coming from. So somebody could reach out to you from Germany and you're a band in France and they're going to want to speak English to you. Um, yeah. If you know somebody or can find somebody who speaks English, even just get a list of rough interview questions that are like the most commonly asked questions and just go through it to get more comfortable with your English. I do that with one of my bands, um, but it is a great way to to practice if you're just, you know, just getting going on interviewing. <laughs> and, when, and when it comes to interviews, if I might, you know, uh, when you're, you know, come prepared with questions, but you've mm -hmm. got to be, but you've got to be prepared to, you know, throw them away. You, you need to, you know, listen to the answers because that will send you off in tangents you may never have expected. So mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you, you get the, where you ask a question and you're not even, listening closely because you're looking at your next question but you need to make sure to listen and then that will you know spring something that's more interesting than you know than asking the same questions that they hear you know 75 times when they're doing you know a press tour yeah, yeah that's definitely a good tip for journalists is try to come up with a question or two that is something that other people don't ask uh one of the most fun interviews i've seen it's a written one not a not an in-person one that I cannot remember for the life of me who did this, but I Curtis probably remembers. It's uh, mm. all based around a desert island and oh. like what you would bring with you on a desert island. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that interview because it's just so different. Yeah. yeah. So Chad, how would you suggest people come up with different types of questions then? Because you're right. A lot of people do have, it's all generic. It's always the same questions. So what would you be your suggestion for coming up with original questions? Yeah, that's something that I've, you know, had to work with over the years that you kind of with like, you know, you hear a question, it's like, Oh, that's really a good question. And you can maybe use that or a, a variation of it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it just kind of coming up with a list of questions in general for musicians is, is a good exercise. And then you, 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 know, you can tailor it to that, you know, specific band and ask them about things, you know, other than music, you know, they're, you know, well-rounded human beings that have other interests and ideas and thoughts. And 
So I, I always kind of like to explore the non-musical thing, in addition yeah. to, of course, covering whatever, you know, their new album and things like that. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when, when you ask questions that they're not asked constantly, you get better answers, not only for that question, but maybe for subsequent questions because, you know, because you've made that connection. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so let me just see here if there was anything else we had for you. I think we're almost wrapped up everything, Chad. Do you have anything that uh, we should have asked you that we haven't asked you or that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, from from uh, from like your end, Curtis, you know, yep. um, when you're, are, do you have advice for us on this side of the of the keyboard? Well, you're pretty good with this, but in general, for most people, it's answer, answer emails, please. <laughs> yes not answer the email ever um but i mean i get at the same time that i mean you guys get pitched like you said like 100 200 times a week plus you get the holics promo i mean i understand um but in general i mean the only the only the only thing on my end is like if like you don't know if someone received the pitch or not sometimes and it's like i'd rather get a no fuck off than (laughs) no don't know sometimes like am i going into spam or do they miss it you know so i mean yeah, I, on my end, that's about the main thing that I would have. I mean, you know, just let us know. But I, like I said, you're usually really good about answering your emails, so you're not really someone like I'm bitching about. It's just in general. Yeah. So, sure. But um, Corey, what would you say on it? Because you do pitching too. Hmm. So I have the unique perspective of being in both. You do. I'm, I'm right. like the Venn. Di- I'm like the Venn diagram of metal. <laughs> it's like you know, I I work in PR. I work in management, I work in <laughs> journalism, it's like, and then, so all those circles, and then you get me in the middle mm-hmm. of all of it. Um, so for people I'm pitching, I guess, be honest. So not all of the um, people that I reach out to will want to cover something, regardless of whether or not they've opened it, and they'll say something like, oh, let me take a look, and, or, oh, I just, Yep. You know, haven't really gotten around to like, just be honest on whether or not you're going to cover it. Even yeah. if you are responding, respond in an honest way and be like, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't for me or whatever. Like, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt yeah. my feelings. Yeah. So I, that's the worst. Like someone tells you maybe, and then they don't get back to you and that, or they keep stringing you along. Yeah. Yeah. going to get to it. Don't put it six weeks right. later. Like, I don't think they're going to cover it. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be the main thing. And then the other thing too, would be like, if, if um, I, again, you're not one of the people that's ever done this, but there's, but there has been times where it's been like, uh, something will be promised to be covered. And then it isn't. And if that's happening, if that's going to happen, I would rather just be told versus just like ghosted or whatever, because sometimes people just won't even let you know. And it's just, you know, again, six weeks later. And sometimes things, it's like, I will want to write about it, but the editor won't yeah. want to feature it. Yeah, so exactly. if that happens, just be honest and be like, yeah, that didn't make it past my editor. I'm sorry, I tried. Yeah, exactly. Um, but And I mean, that's happened to me a few times where I've had to tell somebody that. And yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's better than not knowing and sitting there yep. going, is it being covered? Yep, I agree. Um, actually, Chad, I have one final question for you because uh, you just have a question for me now. So um, when someone's pitching you, um, how is it best for them to just pitch you for uh, heavy music headquarters or could they pitch you for metal injection or loudwire as well? Or, does, or do you not have any say in those? 
I do not. Yeah. So, so heavy music headquarters is definitely the one. Cause I have, you know, complete editorial control over that. So that I can, I can say yes or no, but the other ones are would pro Yeah. So I would say definitely heavy music headquarters would be the one to pitch. How do you get, how do you get assignments at Loudwire? They just, they just tell you what you're doing and then it's like, that's it. No, you can, you can pitch that. I kind of love it, just like each other, metal and jazz, as okay. Corey well knows. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's all we got, Corey. Uh, do you have anything else? No, I am good on my end. Cool. Okay. And with that, party on, Corey. Party on, Curtis. Party on, Chad. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.